I come across the Alistair Begg clip from his sermon, Man on the Middle Cross. It floored me. When I think about the cross, I usually think about Jesus three days later, you know, and, yeah, and right. or the gospel. Um, I don't usually think about the man on the right and the left. I'm great, and you? Oh my gosh, so good. Ready for a tour, Rhett. You're ready to go out. This is my first time, I think, in a few years I've played, like, the South. Usually, I'm in Ohio or somewhere what? like that. I got family driving to one of them, so that's going to be nice for, you know, my friends and family to be able to come to a show. Yeah, you Atlanta guys are going to have to scramble for all those free tickets, right? <laughs> yeah, well, then on top of that, that's where Mac lives. So mm -hmm. I know he's probably got the comp list taken up. And so <laughs> I got no tickets to give anybody. You're going to make five bucks in Atlanta <laughs> at the Atlanta show. <laughs> yeah. Like, Thank y'all for buying a CD just because I look sad at my table. <laughs> right. I love that this tour has gone out and such a good group of guys. Something that happens on tour that people might not think about is the camaraderie that happens in being together, not necessarily on the stage, but. To be honest with you, sometimes like, you know, the, the bus hang afterwards um, can be one of the best parts of the night. Like I love playing our shows. I love meeting new fans, um, but yeah. on a personal level, as like you mentioned, a dad or a husband or a friend or a son, it's nice to be able to, when you're in a bus with people that you respect and people that you look up to and people that you call friends, it's a brotherhood that's built. And yeah. so like, I've, I've always loved the times that I've gotten a tour with artists like that. Like, you know, one of my favorite tours that I've ever done was with Mercy Me. I mean, like just being able to hang with them. And I was, I mean, this was, you know, 10 years ago. So I was 26 years old. I was young, never really toured like that before. But to see like how Bart treated people and mm. crew and just, I could see him as a, as a human instead of the lead singer of, you know, Mercy Me. And yeah. I, I'll never forget, I remember going like, that's how I want to tour. Like, that's how I want to be. I want to treat people like with the respect that he does and no matter what their platform is, if they're on stage mm -hmm. or not. The reason I tour and take out the, the people that I do or go out with who I do is, is because of that tour with Mercy Me. Wow. How about that? Have you ever told Bart that? I don't think I've told him that, no. I wouldn't. Just no. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I mean, just picture me and Bart in a room. Usually when me and him are together, nothing ever serious is spoken about. <laughs> well, you talk about that early tour with Mercy Me. Uh, Red Walker, you've been out since Come to the River, before that even, but that was your first record deal, 2012. I know. Yeah. It's, what, 11 years now I've been doing this thing? And, you know, I man, I'm grateful. Honestly, just super grateful. Um, I've watched artists, you know, come and go over over my time. And, and man, every time I, I just do the same thing, I'm, I'm really not a complicated person. I'm just like, all right, I want to write this song. Like God laid it on my heart. I want to write it. When I first got started, you know, I think I lived and died by radio the first couple of years just because you get thrown into this career and all you hear is analytics and numbers. And they're like, we got to meet this. We got to get, if we don't get this station on, 
it, everybody dies, you know, it's like <laughs> this big, it's just this big amount of pressure. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm writing for radio now and not for people. And the whole reason I'm singing music about Jesus is because people's life, it's hard. It's a, it can be a literal hell sometimes with family members die, you lose job sickness, just stuff. And yeah. that's why I write the music I write. And I'm like, if one person hears one of my songs and is now a family member in heaven, great. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. And then back to my wife and kids, I go, you know, and so that's why I travel and write music. That's the only thing I can, I can do it for. Well, I want to talk about um, some of your radio hits, though. Believer, All Joy, No Stress, yeah. which you recut uh, with Matthew West. And yeah. Matthew West is uh, a co-writer with you on this song that I know you're going to be playing out on tour, oh, Man yeah. on the Middle Cross. That is a powerful song. Talk about getting in a room with those guys, writing that song together. Uh, so I drove up the night before to Nashville and we we're writing at Matthew's place and the whole ride up, I usually, I like to come to a write with like an idea. It can be a, it don't even have to be like a, a really like full on chorus. It can just be like an idea, certain topical words or, you know, me mumbling mm -hmm. through half of it, whatever it is, but I want to come to a write with something yeah. because I sound different. I sing different. I talk different. Like it's, I won't, my natural dialect to come through in a song, you know? And also I don't want to throw Jesus into a song for money just to get it played on radio. Like I want my song to be life lived and lesson, hard lessons I've learned, you know? Yeah. And so uh, I, the whole time I'm on my, in my truck all the way up to Nashville, I was like, I was about to cuss. I was like, dad gum, Jesus, give me an idea. Like I am blanking. Mm. And I don't want to show up with, you know, AJ and Matthew and all the guys and just be the dummy in the room. It's like, I don't know. So <laughs> I had nothing. I mean, you know, I go out to eat with uh, some team members. I get back to the hotel. Still ain't got nothing. I'm just like, all right, guys, you got to be with us tomorrow. And I'm going through TikTok like any grown adult when they're bored. And I come across the Alistair Begg clip from his sermon, Man on the Middle Cross. It floored me. You know, when I think about the cross, I usually think about Jesus three days later, you know, and, yeah, and right. or the gospel. Um, I don't usually think about the man on the right and the left. And so saw this and he's, Alistair's making this kind of joke. And he's like, can you imagine like the, you got one on the left that scoffs Jesus, like, all right, if you're God, get us off the cross there, you know, mm -hmm. and the one on the right is like, why are you up here? You're God. Like we're mm -hmm. up here. Like, our, our sin's in debt. Just remember me. And he said, can you imagine the man on the right getting to heaven? And the angels are like, uh, this guy accidentally made it up here. We don't know. He's supposed to be down there. And and he was like, you know, dude, you didn't live a life honoring to Christ. You didn't exude anything, Jesus. You you met him right at the end. And he said, can you imagine the, the man on the right goes, I don't know how I got here. I don't even really know where I am. All I know is the man on the middle said I belong. And I was like, why have I never pictured? What a beautiful picture of grace this is. Because we should live a life honoring the Jesus and be great spouses and great, you know, friends and, and be in our word and exude Jesus to people. But we should never get it twisted that it's got anything to do with us. It's nothing mm -hmm. we can do. We don't deserve it. 
you can't hurt it, you know? And it was just that reminder of, of grace of, of Jesus. And so I was like, that's it. Like, oh man, that's it. So I get to Matthew's place the next day and we're all just, you know, talking and stuff. And it comes time to write. And Matthew's like, Hey, before we write, I got an idea. I need y'all to see this clip that I saw on TikTok last night when I was walking the dog. And it was the exact same clip. And that's when it was like, okay, I, I know what we're supposed to write, you know, mm. and, and everybody in the room had seen that clip. And, and so right. we wrote it. I think we wrote that song in 30 minutes. Yeah, It just like poured out and we were done. And um, it's just like the Holy Spirit just handed it to us. And, and it's my job to, to steward it well and, you know, take it across the country. And so that's what I'm going to do. I know. I saw when you sang it to the industry that it was yeah. affecting people. And uh, I don't want to call the industry jaded, but they've heard a lot of songs. And so yeah. um, you had to be encouraged that even what I'll call the gatekeepers were affected by the words yeah. that were written in that. That has to be confirmation. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's hard when like me and you were in ministry every day. Sometimes it's just exhausting, you know, because people are people. And we are too, you know, when you see lyrics like hit people in a certain way, it's, it's, it's special because it's yeah. like, man, the, the fact that God is using this, I don't know the season they're walking through. I don't know their background. I mean, I don't know what, you know, they could have just found out when they walked into this room to be reminded of Jesus, who Jesus is. He's strong. He's all-powerful, all-knowing, the worry that you're holding right now, yes, it's it's big, but you can release it because of what the man on the middle cross did. And to be able to see that, you know, from the stage is is, is a cool reminder, too, of like, God, look what God, how big God is. I, mm. I can work the phone for that person's troubles. I don't know their troubles. Jesus does. So I'm just going to open my mouth and let those words come out and stay the heck out of the way, you know, and so yeah. it, I was encouraged that day and I've been encouraged the messages I've gotten online and it, it's been, it's been a lot and it's really, really cool to be like, this song is impacting people. And, and I think that's why I go back to what I said earlier, like whatever God wants to do with it is what he's going to do with it. You know, and mm -hmm. if it's a, if it's a smash to what certain people think a, a big hit is, I hope so. That's cool. Um, but I'm just at the spot in my life. And I think, coming from teenage pregnancy at 17 going, God, take, we've tried to screw this thing up. Can you please lead it? I, I lead the same way with my, my art and my business. Like it's in your hands now, man. Like I, I wrote it. I obeyed you there. <laughs> so yeah. I, I hope, I hope it, it meets people where they need it to meet them at. Mm. Yeah. Maybe the lyrics in this song make Jesus more approachable. Yeah, because people don't know him. I mean, sometimes just hearing the word Jesus is a distancing word, which is strange because usually a name brings you closer. But I think in this case, um, calling him the man on the middle cross is more approachable. Yeah, and I think it humanized him in a way that was yes. really nice. Um, That's what I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's the same thing. Like, I think it's the reminder of, of how right there he was, that the man on the right and the man on the left were talking 
to Jesus and, mm-hmm. and, and what, but what was actually going on the entire time. And two, you know, I told my wife this, I said, this song, somehow we recorded it and wrote it in a way that doesn't feel Christian. Like it feels like, mm. feel like you pick that song up at a Cracker Barrel, you know? And it's like, ah, oh, this, some dude wrote a song about Jesus. And yeah. that's how I talk on the daily. Like if you run mm-hmm. into me at Publix, like you, I'm, you're, you're not, I'm not going to be on the milk aisle being like, so glad to be washed in his blood today. What about you? You know? <laughs> People would be like, what the, who the heck is this weirdo? Get him out of Publix. You know, it's just like, I'm, I'm glad that song feels like we're just talking like and I, I think it's relatable that way and and I want all my stuff I mean you know half my stuff I don't even know if it's grammatically correct like I had to go to April my wife about ain't nothing like a gospel song I was like that means there is not anything like it right can I ask where you're going to put the song in your set so the cool thing about this tour is that it's like a writer's round kind of Yes. But Mac actually comes out first, does a few songs. I'll do a song with Mac. Then he'll walk off. I'll do, do a couple songs. Then I'll do a song with Jordan. I'll walk off. Jordan does go. And then with Brandon. Then we all come back out together and mm-hmm. do like writer's round style where I'll be playing guitar. We're all just kind of playing and singing all on each other's songs. And so I wanted yeah. to save Man on the Middle Cross for when all four of us were on stage. Because wow. I was like, I think it'd be fun for like, and just kind of for me, like I was a huge Third Day fan. And I, I've known Mac for, you know, the better part of 10 years now. Um, and we've become like brothers, which is fun. But I'll never lose like the respect I have for like the time record and, you know, mm. those types. So to have him sing on one of my songs, I mean, it's kind of also like, I'm going to put this here because then I get to sing the song with Matt, you know? And so I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a special tour and man, all those guys, just such great songwriters. It's, I mean, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Everybody come on out to the show. Come hang with us. It'll be a good night. It is going to be a good night. I wanted to go back to something you said about your and your wife's testimony about being teenage pregnancy story and um and about how songs speak in certain ways to people that we don't even know as songwriters will translate to them you know it reminds me of really when peter was giving that epic can i call it an epic sermon where um over three thousand people were saved and people were hearing their own languages and um in a way i think that translates my mom sat in a church pew for the first time when she was young and they were a teenage pregnancy story. Uh, she had lost my dad um, and also they had lost the baby. And so, you know, um, really processing teenage pregnancy with them, um, I think you're an April story is special just because of what I know my mom went through. Um, but, you know, she lost her husband. She lost her child. Her life was very different. She sat in a pew that day and she heard a message that was about her life and that pastor couldn't have known it, you know. And so as you go, oh my gosh. I know those 
those words are going to be deep roots in people's hearts mm -hmm. and lives are going to be changed. And um, I'm grateful. I don't think I've ever thought about that. I wonder how many times, you know, you just think about like these like backwoods redneck churches where yeah. people's lives are just changed in the small little church and pew and that pastor's, you know, said, preached that sermon probably a thousand times over the hundred years he's been there. But <laughs> they, they, walk, they walk in and Jesus just like crafts the words. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's beautiful. And he said our names, he called us by name, like he's a personable God. And, and that's just, I mean, this ain't got nothing to do with song, but just for the people, you know, that watch this, like he, he knows what you're going through. He yeah. is not caught off guard. He's not sitting over there going, Oh, I should go check on Rhett. And then, you know, it, everything's in flames. <laughs> like he walks with us, even when we're idiots and put ourselves into our own crap, you know? And it's like the teenage pregnancy thing with me in April, like, I love how it worked out, but we did that. Like it didn't just like sneak up on us. Like we, yeah. we were the ones that put ourselves in that spot. And God was still like, wait till you see what happens when this becomes your testimony. Like right now, it's scary. Right now, it's hard. Wait till this becomes your testimony. And, and that's what I wrote when Mercy found me about. When I say in the, that song, in one moment, everything changed. And that was the moment for me. And for the longest time, I didn't know if that song would translate well with people because it was so much about teenage pregnancy in my mind. Like it was right. that moment for me in April. But then I started getting the messages that were like, I'll never forget the moment when almost, you know, this, or I almost ended my life, or I was sitting in a pew, not paying any attention like I always have. And bam, one word caught my attention and I was changed. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is about everybody's moment. This ain't just about rent you know, and yeah. it's, it's wow. cool to see God do that. Good word. How is it having your daughter as an adult now? It's crazy. They tell you for so many years, you only get 18 years with them. And that kind of worried me for the longest time. And I'm like, man, this is my girl. She ain't going nowhere. If she's here, yeah. you know, 30 minutes down the road, married, whatever, like you don't lose them at 18. And so mm. it's kind of to have that, but. God, go before him, please, Lord, go before him. Amen. Well, we've been talking with Rhett Walker. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to seeing what this song is going to do. And man, bless you. Yeah, everybody come on out to the show. I'm going to go out and remind people of, of Jesus and the gospel and while we're up there on stage singing anyways. Mm. I know you are. I absolutely know that's going to happen. And I know it's going to change people's lives. All right, we'll Good see you. All right, Bye. I'll see you. Okay, bye.